just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back again on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your week is going well. I have to be honest, I'm a little fucking annoyed today. Not about the podcast, not about my personal life, just about TikTok. And I'll explain to you why. On Wednesday, I got notified by some of my followers that there was somebody out there uh, counterfeiting or trying to appear as though he was me by creating an account called Rational Boomer, but instead he used two L's in Rational, which is wrong, instead of one like I do, because I spelled it correctly. And he was also using my picture in his profile. Well, I found that kind of funny at first, and then I got annoyed by it. and So I looked into it, found out he had no followers, he was following nobody, he had no likes, and he had no content. Clearly a troll. So I went to TikTok and I reported him. And there's a specific guideline in TikTok that says, is somebody impersonating somebody else? Then is it you? And I said yes, and I submitted it, and I kind of forgot about it. Then some of my other followers reported him as well. After a while, I got thinking about it, and I said, this really pisses me off. So I reported him again. Now, as of about 10 minutes ago, I checked his profile, still 000 all the way through, but he's still up and operating. They haven't taken it down. He clearly violates a guideline, the community guidelines, but TikTok has yet to take him down, even though he's been reported by a number of people, including me, twice. Well, that's kind of annoying. But I didn't let it really get to me at that point. I wasn't really that worried about it. And I don't know if these two things have any connection or not. I have a feeling they do. But a little later in the day, after I'd found this counterfeiter, I had one of my videos taken down. And TikTok said it was taken down because of hate speech. Now, I'll be honest with you. (laughs) I was trying to be funny. And I guess technically it could be called hate speech, but there's a couple of factors here that uh, may not be considered. First of all, I was doing a post on Dan Scavino, the former deputy chief of staff under Mark Meadows, who was under Donald Trump. And it was a funny story because Dan Scavino was one of the four people that were initially subpoenaed by uh, the House Select Committee. Three of them got their subpoenas, but somehow Dan Scavino was able to evade the server, and he has yet to get the subpoena. <laughs> but he was still on on uh, social media, kind of taunting the Repub- or the Democrats. So I found a picture of him, and he's this typical middle-aged, big, round-faced, chubby Republican like you're used to seeing. So I thought, well, this is kind of funny. I'll put his picture up there. And I referred to him as a (laughs) pie-faced, Pillsbury Dough-looking Trumplafuck. (laughs) I thought it was kind of funny. I don't know if anybody else did. Clearly, somebody was offended. 
But then when I ended the post, I kind of wrapped it up. And I said, look, if you're upset about me body shaming Dan Scavino, let me point something out. I'm an old white man. I'm overweight. I'm not in great shape. I'm too heavy for my height. So I figure I got the fat card. I get a pass because I'm calling him out for the very things I am. I laughed it off, sent it out, and that was it. I didn't think about it. Well, TikTok found it necessary to take that video down because of hate speech. Now, I was irritated about it. I I mean, I guess I can see it. It wasn't really serious, but I guess if you want to call it hate speech, go ahead. I still think he's a round-faced, pie-faced, Pillsbury, (laughs) dull-looking Trumplefuck, but that's beside the point. So they took the video down. Okay, I was a little annoyed by that. I don't get videos taken down. That's the first video I had taken down in I don't know how long, but it got taken down. I said, well, maybe I kind of deserved it, but what the hell. But then the next day, on Thursday morning, I get up and I'm going to post a few TikToks like I am want to do. (laughs) Well, the first one I tried to post, TikTok informs me that uh, I have been temporarily suspended from posting because of multiple community violations. Now, the other guy that's trying to counterfeit my account, he's free and clear to go. But they're going to take me down for multiple violations. But remember, I just said, I've only had one as far back as I can remember. So where is this multiple part coming in? And do they just suspend your right to post for a period of time? Now, they said I'd get the further information in my notifications. I checked everywhere. Nothing from TikTok in notifications and email, whatever, nothing. So I don't even know how long temporarily suspended is. And at first I was really angry. I thought, you know, people people say I'm this uh, liberal Democrat, you know, the guy that will turn the other cheek. That's really not me. When somebody does me wrong or slaps me in the mouth, my first response is I'm going to slap you back in the mouth. And I thought about that, and I thought of a few things. I said, you know what? I'm just going to go on there. I can still be on TikTok, find every fucking Trumplican, and report every goddamn one of them. Or create a fake TikTok account promoting Donald Trump, not showing my face, just showing memes or whatever the fuck. And then when I draw these fuckers in, report every goddamn one of them. That's my immediate response. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But then I thought, man, I don't have time for that shit. I don't want to focus on negativity. I don't know what's going to happen with TikTok. And I almost don't care. Well, I do care. I do. And the reason I care isn't about TikTok. I don't owe TikTok jack shit. But I do owe the people that follow me some things. I appreciate it. See, what you have to understand is when I joined TikTok, my goal wasn't to be TikTok famous. That wasn't my end game to be on TikTok. The only reason I really went on TikTok was to get some exposure, get some followers, so that I could ultimately start a podcast. 
you know, there's a million podcasts out there, so if you just start one, the chance of getting an audience is hard. But if I can garner an audience on TikTok and then tell them about the podcast, well, then maybe I can get some listeners on the podcast. Now, initially, I thought I'd maybe get ten or 15,000 if I got lucky. Well, it turns out I'm closing in on 100,000. So I realized, well, I got a lot of followers on TikTok. I can probably get some over the podcast. And that's kind of what happened. And it continues to happen because the podcast continues to grow. So my end game was the podcast. That's the only place I feel totally comfortable. I feel like I can do my best job there because I have no limitations, nobody looking over my shoulders, and no trumplefuck trolls bugging the shit out of me. So this is where I want to be. The whole TikTok thing was to get more people to ultimately come to a podcast. The strategy is working. I'm not done with the strategy. I want to do more TikToks. I want to uh, continue to provide whatever my followers want to see. I have, I owe them something, and I don't want to leave them hanging. But ultimately, it's the podcast I want to be on. So I'm trying to think about what uh, I'm going to do when they allow me back on TikTok, maybe this morning, maybe tomorrow morning, I don't know. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe I should just do fewer TikToks. I do as many as six or seven a day. Uh, maybe I do two maybe three, maybe one. But what I'm definitely going to do when I do my TikToks, I'm going to promote the fuck out of the podcast because right now my situation on TikTok in my mind is tenuous. If they can do that to me, they can try to ban me or do whatever the fuck they want to do. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm not going to open up another account. I'm not going to beg people to send notes to uh, TikTok. That's... uh, I, I'm just not into that. I'm not going to beg to have a platform back. I think I proved that I can do something with a platform that's positive, and if TikTok wants to dick around with me, fuck them. I don't care. I don't care. I've already started the podcast, so I'm in the later process of my strategy. The strategy, as I say, was the podcast. So anyway, I wanted to tell you all about that so you knew what was going on, and uh If you follow me on TikTok and you didn't see me today or you don't see me tomorrow, that's why. But you can always count on coming to the Rational Boomer podcast. Right now I'm doing a show every day. There's enough stuff to talk about. I'll do it every day. So if you miss me on TikTok, you'll get the same stuff, same information, except longer, more complete, and more comfortable, for me anyway, to do the information that I'm providing on TikTok I do it on the podcast, so you won't miss anything. If you like to listen to me, by all means, stick with me on the podcast. Tell other people, tell friends, colleagues, relatives, whoever you think might be interested in the things I talk about here on the Rational Boomer podcast. Well, we had some eventful things happening in the news today. As we talked about yesterday, You know, we had Mitch McConnell saying he wasn't going to help the Democrats raise the debt limit. Mr. Tough Guy playing chicken. And Mr. Mitch McConnell blinked, flinched, caved. And what he did was he said, listen, I'll let you do this without the filibuster. Because if he uses the filibuster, then they need 60 votes. 
Without the filibuster, all they need is 50 votes to win. 51 if they need the vice president. So he agreed to do that, but he only agreed to do that to carry us through December 3rd, which is also the same day when we have to, uh, uh, we, we've extended a spending, uh, a spending bill to December 3rd, and now we're going to have to fix both those things in the early part of December. So while it gives us some room now with the debt ceiling, while it gives us some time to do other things, we aren't through it completely. And as I said in yesterday's show, Mitch McConnell had to cave. There was no question about it. Because if the debt ceiling isn't raised, all hell breaks loose in the economy, everybody loses a ton of money. And that means that means the Republicans too. And that means the rich people like Mitch McConnell or those people that support him. So he was talking a big game, but he was doing what a bully does. He tries to push him and tries to win that way. But when they don't give up, then he has to cave like they always do. Mitch McConnell did cave. Now, they voted on it in the Senate today. And the final, well, what they voted on was raising the ceiling to $480 billion. That's a minimal amount just to get us through December 3rd. The final vote was 50 to 48. That means no Republican voted for it. Not one. The reason it was 48 is likely because uh, two senators weren't there. They had something more important to do than their fucking job or didn't want to be tied to this situation. Because, again, if the debt ceiling doesn't get raised, Republicans are going to get run over by a truck. Everybody knows they're responsible for it. And when their friends and customers and clients and supporters and family and themselves take a beating when the debt ceiling isn't raised, everybody's going to blame them. So they have no choice but to raise this debt ceiling. But they couldn't do it all at once now. They had to delay it. And that's all they've done is delay it until December 3rd, just like they delayed the spending bill. So come to well, come mid-November, probably a month from now, we got to be working on a way to get those two things passed because then we'll be in real trouble, real trouble, unless they extend it again. And I don't know that they can do that, but we'll see what that what happens with that. So at least now, the debt ceiling is not leaving us hanging in the wind. Because that is a real problem if that isn't raised. At least we have maybe a month and a half to get this done. So what that does that's positive for the Democrats is that it allows them to focus on the bipartisan infrastructure bill and the uh, reconciliation build back better bill that's much larger at $3.5 trillion. So now they can focus on that, and if that happens, you're going to see a lot of things change in people's lives. You're going to see the stock market go crazy. We got COVID finally coming down a little bit. That's not to say it won't go back up in the winter, but for now, it's dropping about 10% a week, and that's good news. So that'll all do wonderful things for the economy. 
just getting this extension and the debt ceiling raising uh, is going to improve the stock market because they work on futures and speculation. And at this point, our demise economically isn't imminent right now, at least for a month and a half or so, or a month, um, because now it's been delayed. So we'll see what happens. As I said, as I've told you before, the Republicans cannot allow it to happen. They'll have to cave again. And I don't know how many times they need to be embarrassed, but clearly it needs to be at least a couple of times. We had another moment, momentous day today. We know the select committee to uh, investigate the insurrection on January 6th sent out subpoenas to Steve Bannon, Mark Meadows, Cash Patel, and <laughs> the dreaded Dan Scavino that I talked about earlier. Now, the way these subpoenas go, as of Thursday at midnight, they were supposed to turn in all documents that Congress has asked them for. Now, I don't know if any of them or none of them did it yet. We'll probably hear something about it a little bit later, the next several hours or whatever. But that will come out, and uh, we'll know if they complied with the subpoena or ignored it. Now, if they ignored it, Benny Thompson and some of the others on the committee have said, look, if they just ignore these subpoenas, we're going to refer them to the Department of Justice for criminal contempt of Congress. And so what that means is it'll go to the DOJ. They'll look at it. They may send out indictments. They may prosecute. And if these people are convicted, and they would be because they're doing exactly what they're being charged with, they'll go to fucking jail. But they probably won't start this until next week. If they don't turn over the documents, they probably aren't going to do anything right away. Because you see, next week, all four of these people have to show up in front of the select committee and testify. Now, if they don't show up, they uh, will be referred to the DOJ with criminal contempt of Congress. But here's the deal. Donald Trump, who is not the president, who's been twice impeached, lost by 7 million votes, is under investigation by just about every, um, every group you could possibly think of. He's telling these people to don't comply with the subpoenas. In fact, apparently he wrote a letter to each one of these four and say, don't do it. I'm going to claim executive privilege. And I've talked about this before. Donald Trump can't complain, uh, um, can't uh, ask for executive privilege. He's not the president. He doesn't have the power to do it. But, yeah, he wants to fight over it. He wants to go to court, as I've said, and delay everything. And he might delay it a little bit with the documents, but he really has no basis in law to do anything. So most courts probably won't accept it. But with the... Uh, appearances by these four people in front of the select committee, they got to show up. I mean, they can pull some bullshit when they get there, claim the Fifth Amendment or claim executive privilege, but they got to show up. If they don't show up right away, they're under the gun for 
whatever Congress wants to do with them. So the next couple of weeks are going, or the next week are, is going to be interesting. I'll be interested to find out if, in fact, any of them sent the documents that were asked for. But if they didn't, don't get excited. Don't think they should be jumping on them right now. They will wait until they see if these people actually show up. And it will be interesting. They are ultimately going to have to testify or they could very well go to jail. It's hard for me to imagine that these people who know Donald Trump, who know that Donald Trump will do nothing to help them, will risk going to jail just to appease this dipshit. Well, Republicans have done dumber things at this point, so who really knows? But the fact of the matter is, we're going to have to wait and see. And then it's going to be important because it's on the Democrats at this point. The House Select Committee has to do what they say they're going to do. Are they going to be tough? Now, Democrats are known for being wimps. So are they going to do something this time? They were made to look like a fool during the impeachment. They can't afford to do that again in this case. So I have to believe they're going to come out strong and go after these people, which is what should happen. And with Donald Trump sending letters and telling these people to not comply with the subpoenas, that is out-and-out flagrant, in-your-face obstruction of justice. So Donald Trump should face some charges, too, if for nothing else, for this situation, because he is obstructing justice. But we'll see. I'm counting on the Democrats to be strong, but we've never seen it before. So who really knows? We'll watch it. I'll let you know what I find out, but keep your eyes open because it should be interesting in the next week or so. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We will be back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We know that after the election in November 3rd, the 2020 presidential election, where Donald Trump lost by 7 million votes, that Donald Trump was trying to do everything he could to overturn this election. He started claiming election fraud. Now, this whole election fraud thing came from Rudy Giuliani, and he was recently under oath and testifying. They say, well, where did you get this information? He couldn't tell us. He said, well, maybe I saw it on Facebook or whatever. They asked him, did you try to find a way to prove that it was true? He said, why would I do that? Then I would have nothing. That's how stupid Rudy Giuliani is. Here's a guy that was a preeminent lawyer, a prosecutor for the Southern District of New York. And now this guy has had his law license taken away in D.C. and in New York. And for whatever reason, he appears to be an idiot. He lies outwardly, but he still tries to stick to it, even though he gets caught lying. Now, The funny thing is, for these Republicans who keep insisting that there is election fraud, that's where it came from. 
Rudy Giuliani just made some shit up and said it, and the Republicans, including Donald Trump, grasped onto it and tried to tell us it was true. Well, the Judiciary Committee did an investigation on what was going on with Donald Trump after the election, all the ways he was trying to overturn the election, and uh, what they found out was pretty compelling. A lot of it we kind of heard, but now it's been verified because they've interviewed the acting attorney general at the time, Rosen, the acting assistant attorney general, and a bunch of other people in the DOJ. And uh, it sounds like the Trump administration really tried hard to overturn the election. I mean, Donald Trump called the attorney general nine times in a period of a week, trying to pressure him to say the election was a fraud and try to overturn it. Now, the interesting thing about this is that the DOJ is seriously tied into this. At one point, there was a um, assistant attorney general named Jeffrey Clark. He oversaw something with agriculture or some bullshit. But apparently he saw a way, he saw a path that Donald Trump could create a coup, overthrow the election, overturn the election. So Donald Trump liked what he's hearing, and he had him write up a document or a letter, actually, or letters that would be sent out to the various states where he lost. And in this letter, what it would say is that, uh, well, the DOJ, the FBI have found serious fraudulent activity in the election. Do not certify this election. Only in the states that Donald Trump lost. And for whatever reason, Jeffrey Clark was the man that was behind this, and he's a nobody in the DOJ. In fact, some people are saying that uh, Jeffrey Clark doesn't have the mental capacity or the experience to pull something like this off. Some people are suggesting that there was somebody behind him. I don't know, maybe Donald Trump, maybe the administration, who knows who. But Apparently, Donald Trump was trying to game this thing because he'd put this guy in this spot and this no-name guy in a no-name job, but he was there and he was the one guy who stepped up and says, yeah, we need to overturn this election. So he writes these letters and he's focusing pretty much on Georgia at this point. For whatever reason, Donald Trump was obsessed with Georgia. And he sent the letter up the chain of command, and it got to the Attorney General Rosen. And Rosen said, fuck no, I'm not going to possibly sign that. Well, of course, this irritated Donald Trump immensely. Now, this is all coming out in this investigation. This is a 400-page report, and I'm just hitting some of the high points here. There's a lot of shit in that report. And... So Donald Trump has a meeting on January 3rd with all these leaders from the DOJ. You've got the attorney general at the time, the assistant attorney general, some of the other people from the DOJ. I think Clark was even there. And Donald Trump was trying to push the attorney general, Rosen, 
to sign this letter and get it out, even though there was no basis in fact behind anything they were suggesting. Donald Trump wasn't happy he lost, and he couldn't find any facts, so he just makes some shit up, and that's what they did. Now, Rosen was not going to sign this. He knew this could be disastrous for the Trump administration, for the people in the DOJ, for himself as attorney general, so he refused to do it. Donald Trump, sitting in this meeting, said, well, if you're not going to do it, I'll just fire you. And then I'll put Jeffrey Clark, this no-name guy with no mental capacity to do anything, I'll put him as attorney general, and then he'll do it for me. Well, that got everybody in the DOJ nervous because, you know, we talk about uh, the Friday night massacre with uh, Richard Nixon back in the 70s when he fired the attorney general and he fired another attorney general until he got to one guy that would do what he wanted. Everybody knew how that turned out. A lot of people went to jail over that bullshit, and none of these people had the courage to follow through in spite of the fact that Donald Trump was pushing hard. So these people told Donald Trump, said, look, if you do this, you're going to have mass resignations. All the assistant attorney generals are going to leave. All the U.S. attorneys the prosecuting attorneys, they're going to resign. A bunch of people from the DOJ are going to d- resign if you try to do this. This is absolutely fucking crazy. And so for whatever reason, Donald Trump saw that as a problem, and it is a problem. Had that happened, this would be a bigger mess than it already is, and that's hard to imagine because it is a fucking mess. So the letters did not go out. But it just tells you how close we were to a constitutional crisis. Can you imagine if the DOJ sent letters to four or five states where Donald Trump lost to secretaries of state and said, hey, the FBI has found fraud. You got to stop right now and not certify this election because we've got to investigate it. And that would have been the first step in order to uh, overturn the election and essentially mount a coup. Now, the Secretary of State could either abide by it or not, but you can see how that would have messed things up considerably. Well, Rosen, the Attorney General, said, I'm not doing it. Donald Trump got scared off firing Rosen, so nothing ever happened. Um, <laughs> so now we got a mess anyway. We've got a mess anyway. See, the thing is, this committee, the Judiciary Committee, put out a report, 400 pages. But that wasn't the only report. The Republicans put out a report as well. (laughs) It was five pages, and I think Grassley from Iowa is the one that wrote it or at least signed it. And they basically said, well, we think Donald Trump did exactly what he's supposed to do, perfectly legal. He did his job as president. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? All the facts, all the evidence right there. And these people won't see it. Now, keep in mind, all these motherfuckers are probably lawyers. If anybody should see it, it should be them. But they didn't. They didn't 
admit to seeing it. You know they saw it, but they were willing to lie to protect Donald Trump. And they did it in five pages. It's almost ridiculous. It's almost as appalling as the evidence we're seeing in the big report, the 400-page report. But see, here's where the problem is now. It looks like the DOJ from William Barr all the way down, up until that point where they shut it down, were doing all they could to help this process work. So we've got our own DOJ working to try to overturn the election, mount a coup, overturn our democracy. They were all working toward it. (laughs) Now, what Grassley said in his report, his five-page report, he said, we think Donald Trump did what he's supposed to do. He didn't fire Rosen. He didn't do all these things you're claiming he did. Well, no, he didn't. But all the actions prior to not doing this were perfectly illegal. They're basically saying, well, he might have planned to rob a bank or kill somebody, but he never did it, so he should be applauded for that. (laughs) You see how ridiculous that is? But that's how the Republicans are thinking. They cannot admit they're wrong. They can't admit they're guilty, and they'll stick by this guy no matter what. And these people will go down in flames when it's all said and done because there's no other way out. Again, now the problem here is really a tough problem. We've got a corrupt DOJ when Donald Trump was in office. Well, William Barr's gone, Rosen's gone, Biden's in office, and now Merrick Garland is in charge of the DOJ. He is the attorney general. Okay, cool. Things should get better, right? Well, they should. They should. But you have to understand, most of these people, not Jeffrey Clark, he blew out of town. He's got a job someplace else for now, but he's probably going to get his license taken away. But all these people that helped this process along the way, most of them are still in the DOJ. They committed crimes while in the DOJ. Do you understand how dangerous this is? This is the top law enforcement body in this country. And they're corrupt, and they were doing things illegal. Now, they have a new boss with Merrick Garland. So what does Merrick Garland do? What can he do? As a prosecutor, he would go after every one of these people and try to hammer them until they were in jail. (laughs) But now Merrick Garland has to attack his own department, the DOJ. Now, he should just do it. But will he? That is the question. Will he go after the people that are working for him because they committed crimes? He should. But we don't know enough about Merrick Garland to know if he's going to do something. He almost has to at this point. You can't have these laws hanging out there, these crimes, and not do something about it. Because if he doesn't, Merrick Garland's going to get some heat. I mean, you've got to understand, now that this information is coming out, the spotlight is going to shift. It's going to go on Merrick Garland and the Department of, of Justice. 
they're going to be under fire for having to do something. And I don't know if they're reluctant to do it or not, but the heat is on. And to be perfectly honest with you, as I watch this, you know I'm a big Trump hater. But that doesn't mean I'm all in on the Democrats no matter what they do. I'm not, never was, never will be. But we got a lot of things happening with Donald Trump. As I said, he committed obstruction of justice right out in the middle of everyone. He should be indicted for that. Certainly investigated, indicted, and prosecuted for it. But will Merrick Garland do it? I don't know. And that's troubling. I mean, we had the attorney general and... Tons of employees from the DOJ specifically try to overturn this country. Now, Merrick Garland leads that same organization, and he's got to clean it out. At the very least, I would hope he would fire every one of these motherfuckers because we don't need a DOJ that's tainted. It was tainted and corrupt with Donald Trump. At the very least, if you're going to take over this department, the DOJ, clean the fucker up. Now, granted, they may not try to pull that stuff with you there. It doesn't matter. They did it in the first place. They're enemies of this country. You should prosecute them, but at the very least, you need to fire them and get them the fuck out of there. I don't know how this is all going to turn out, but Merrick Garland is going to be on the hot seat. Not just for this situation, but for the insurrection, for what happened in Georgia, for... Everything. Merrick Garland should be filing charges, a ton of charges. So we'll see if he does. And I'll guarantee you this. If he doesn't, if he doesn't start filing charges, in spite of the fact that I'm not a Trump fan, that doesn't make me a, uh, a Democratic apologist. I'm going to be in his shit. I'm going to be in the Democrats' shit. I'm not going to be in Biden shit, though, yet about this, because you remember Biden made a um, a promise. And this shouldn't be a promise he should have to make because it's just the way it is. But he said he would not interfere with the DOJ. Now, he could replace the attorney general if he feels like he's not doing a good job, but he's not going to tell him what to do. And that's a good thing. The president shouldn't have that power. The reason we have this mess now is because Donald Trump stuck his nose in the DOJ, exercised his power, and these idiots went along with it instead of telling him to shut up. That's what they should have done. But because these two, the executive branch and the DOJ hooked up to try to undermine this country, that's where the corruption is. That's where the mess is. And that's what needs to be cleaned up. And let's just hope... Let's just hope that Merrick Garland has the balls to do it because it needs to be done. If we don't do something with charges and make people accountable, people are going to be able to do this again, and you can bet they will. We get another fucking clown as president. He's going to say, it worked for diaper Donnie Trump. I'm going to do it too. And that may be too much and too far for this country to handle. As it is, democracy was hanging by a thread, sitting on the precipice of, of uh, oblivion, had some of these things shaken out. 
And no, Donald Trump is not a hero because he didn't do it. They stopped him from doing it. He wanted to do it. He planned on doing it. All these things are criminal. So don't applaud him because he didn't do it, because he would have if he thought he could get away with it, and he needs to be held accountable for that. All right, we're getting toward the end. I want to talk about something else really quickly that I think is important. You know, we got all these things going on about the vaccinations and such. Well, Pfizer announced uh, that they have a vaccine for children 5 to 12. And they're asking for an emergency approval so they can get kids the vaccine. And I think this is important. I mean, I've been vaccinated. My wife's been vaccinated. Everybody in my family's been vaccinated. But whenever I'm out there, I'm concerned because even though I have the vaccine, if I have the capacity to actually contract COVID-19 or the Delta variant or whatever it is, even though it may not affect me or hurt me or certainly kill me, if I somehow do have it, I'm very concerned about seeing my grandkids. I have a grandson who's nine years old who's susceptible to catching it because he's not protected with a vaccine. Now, with this new vaccine that comes out for kids 5 to 12, that should keep him protected. Now, I still have a younger one, a young granddaughter, who is uh, about 18, 19 months old. She's not going to get the vaccination. The last thing I want to fucking do, even if I'm vaccinated, is for her or my grandson to catch it. I don't want to do that. So I'm still taking tests. My wife and I both take tests before we go see these kids because I'm not going to risk it. They're both healthy kids, probably will be fine, but I'm not willing to take any kind of risk when it comes to my grandkids. The thing about this new vaccine for kids 5 to 12, where it will be really a boon to this country, is it'll help us get back to normal with kids in schools. You know, we've got these COVID-19 and Delta variants running rampant through schools. We've got kids wearing masks. We've got people bitching about having to wear masks. We've got governors like DeSantis uh, punishing schools for insisting they wear masks. I mean, it's just fucking bizarro world. How in the world could you possibly punish somebody for trying to protect children? But that's the state we are at with Republicans. Ron DeSantis in Florida, Greg Abbott in Texas. These fucking people are animals. They are criminals and they are animals and they are evil. They should be kicked out of office. But if not, they better be fucking voted out of office or something's wrong with those states. Something is horribly wrong with those states. But now, if we've got kids from 5 to 12 being vaccinated and we already have people 12 and above vaccinated, that should bring some normality to the schools. Hopefully we can get all kids back in classes. Because I'll be perfectly honest with you, this distance learning thing, from my point of view, it doesn't work for shit. The year the kids had to go that route, they didn't learn anything. And I take this not because I'm any educational genius, but I do have a wife that was a teacher that was trying to do this. And these kids have no push to actually participate in this distance learning. So that whole year that they had distance learning, 
in my estimation, nobody learns shit. Not my, I mean, there are some kids that are very bright, that are motivated, that did everything they could. They probably did okay, but not as well as if they'd been in class. Now, the other kids that get no push from home, no help from home, they don't want to do it. They ended up not doing it. So we've got a bunch of kids that have a wasted year in terms of their education at a time when it's probably the most critical in their grade school years or even their high school years for that matter. So I'm hoping that once we get this 5 to 12 group vaccinated, our schools could get back to normal. And this is absolutely crucial. If we don't have proper education for our kids, that doesn't bode well for the future of this country. Because those kids, at some point, are going to be running this country. And if they're dumb as rocks, we're in fucking trouble. So we'll see what happens with that. They should get the emergency okay. And uh, within a couple weeks, we'll start seeing kids get the vaccination. So I'm excited about that. All right, we're going to wrap things up. (laughs) We'll see if I get back on TikTok. I didn't even do anything that bad. I certainly didn't have multiple infractions, even though they said I did. I'm just very annoyed about TikTok right now. If it weren't for all the followers I've had, I'd say, fuck yourself. I'd just keep doing the podcast every day and do what I do. See what happens. But I do owe those people something. And as soon as I can get back on, I will get back on and do what I do. But I also promote the hell out of this podcast and tell these people that, look, you're my followers. I appreciate it. If you like what I have to say, if you want to hear what I have to say, I have no control of what's going to happen here on TikTok. I don't know what Trumplican group is going to come after me. I don't know if TikTok is going to try to silence me, but they can't silence me. Remember, come to the Rational Boomer podcast. Subscribe to it. You don't have to listen every day, but if you want to listen, I'm here. I'm here just about every day. So come on over. Anyway, that's going to do it for this one. We'll talk to you tomorrow, and uh, we'll have more shit to talk about. No question about it. You have yourself a great day. We will talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.